0: Hi, everybody. I'm Seth Spusby, editor of Flying Solo. Welcome to our weekly podcast where we step inside the minds and lives of soloists and small business owners. Today's guest is serial entrepreneur and business owner, Nick McClanahan. Nick has decades of experience running businesses including three fernwood women's health clubs a training and consultancy agency called human tribe and a bespoke mystery shopping company called human experience she's passionate about all things small business and has created a monthly program the accountability circle to help female founders connect learn and be held accountable by their peers it also provides opportunities for referrals and doing business together Nick joins me today to share why we all need a little bit of accountability in our lives. Welcome, Nick. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thanks for having me. Now, I'm very interested in your latest venture, the Accountability Circle, because I'm sure we probably all... Sometimes need a bit of a push to be accountable or to stay motivated. So, what was what was it about what was happening in your own life or what you were seeing in the lives of other women around you that made you decide to start your accountability circle? Yeah, really
1: good question. Um, well, I've been in business since I was 29 years old, which is now coming up to 17 years. And I'm lucky enough to be surrounded by a lot of fellow entrepreneurs, my my parents and my three brothers and my very first business, I actually was in business with my brother. But I discovered over many years that owning a business can be a very lonely place, particularly as a woman, because you do have a unique Situation when you start having children or caring for elderly parents. You know, I had a situation where I went through a marriage breakdown and I often found myself quite isolated. I have a great support network and amazing friends, but it was hard to talk about the unique challenges of owning a business, whether it be, you know, going through cash flow issues or, you know, managing tricky staff situations where the buck, you know, stops with you. opportunities when you're going through a huge growth phase I was lucky enough to always have my dad my dad is a great um ear and support of mine but I was I was looking for something else I I didn't know it and it was back in 2015 at the time I'd moved on from my first business which was owning 3 firmwood women's health clubs and I'd started my own business which was Human Tribe and I signed up to go on a leadership gathering to Necker Island with business chicks and I met these other incredible female business owners and we formed, there was a small group of us that basically formed this informal accountability circle. And we shared really openly, like I'd never shared with uh, people outside of my my family before about business. And, you know, it was like, oh my God, these are my people that we have similar challenges. And we were each other's cheerleaders, like genuine cheerleaders when we succeed. And and so, you know, that, that started to evolve. And they're still my own personal accountability circle this group of women that I met back in 2015 and then what happened from there is Isis Chicks actually started a program called Power Players which was for groups of eight women and it was about getting them together with a facilitator and helping them through the challenges of of their businesses and supporting one another and connecting and they actually asked me to be the master facilitator of that. And so I trained all the new members and I trained the facilitators and I had a few groups myself. And a few years later, Business Chicks decided to close that program down for various reasons, but mostly because it's not their core business. And so I just took that as that was the universe closing that door. I'd actually sold my business, Human Tribe, just six months before, which was all about facilitation. And um, I thought, okay, that's that chapter close and time to focus on my my new baby which was human experience which is a business i still have bespoke mystery shopping and then a group of seven women came to me and said would you continue working with us and and this kind of work supporting women in business and seeing them learn and grow it's my heart business it's 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 definitely something that brings me so much joy and it fills my cup to see others succeed and so i i, I agreed and we kicked off in february 2020 and then of course that's the first year of that's COVID 1.0, yeah. <laughs> and this group just you know we had businesses that were exploding, e-commerce businesses that were exploding by you know 300 percent that had their own unique challenges, and then we had businesses revenue basically going down to zero, including my business, the mystery shopping business as well. We had we had all the ranges there. We had someone sell a business in COVID, but through that, this group we were like each other's glue. And really, when we went away together in November last year, it was there that they said to me, why aren't you doing this for more women? And so that's when I decided to expand Accountability Circle. And um, I've now got four groups up and running in Sydney with two more starting in February. And I'm expanding to Melbourne and Brisbane and Perth. I'll cap it at 96 memberships because I, I still want it to be a close network and, it's a really beautiful business to be able to be there and support and witness these businesswomen, you know, make big business and life decisions and and
0: to support them through that. As you said, like last year was such a mammoth year for everybody in business and so many different variables and so many different outcomes, that, like some businesses going extraordinarily well, and and others going down the gurgler, as you said. So, was it also for you about when you were thinking about expanding and and um, providing that support to more women? Was COVID a really big impact impetus for that? I think potentially it was. Looking probably not consciously, but
1: looking back retrospectively, I think it was. And then, of course, we found ourselves in the same situation again. This year, you never would have guessed that at the end of last year. I think when you're in business, as you know, Sess, there's always a version of COVID. You know, I owned gyms when it was the GFC mm-hmm. and we got absolutely slammed and broken and and nearly lost everything. So, you know, there's always a version, sometimes not as extreme um, as a global pandemic. And let's hope it's a a long time between the next one, but it is a roller coaster. And I I think it was probably always going to happen, but it maybe sped that up.
0: Mm. And how does what you do differ from, say, a traditional mentor relationship?
1: Yeah, really good question. Because I I used to do a lot of one-on-one coaching, which which I don't do anymore. I think what's a little bit different, so there's a lot of structure to the program. There's a lot of accountability systems embedded into what we do in the structure of the meeting. So, we meet every month for three and a half hours and then one of those meetings, we actually go away for two days to remove ourselves from our businesses and our family lives to really think about things on a, on a deeper, deeper level. I think the beautiful thing is the learning isn't reliant on me as a coach. Actually, all the knowledge and wisdom and experience and stories is contained within that room. And one thing that we do, we use um, gestalt language. So rather than giving advice on, or opinion. We share stories and experiences and that's where we see the most amount of growth and it's really incredible when you start communicating like that. Someone will share a challenge that they're having and someone will remember something that happened to them you know 12 years ago or it could have been six months ago and they'll share that experience and you'll see someone think oh my goodness yes I can see how that w- would have worked for you and how I can apply that to my learning. So it's, it's definitely not traditional one-on-one coaching all the knowledge and the nuggets and the learning and the wisdom comes from within that group and the other thing i purposely do is make the groups as diverse as i possibly can in every respect in terms of types of businesses size of businesses how long they've been in business you know age family structure because again there's so much more that we can learn when there is more diversity in that group so this this original group that I started. Our youngest member, I think she's 31, 32, and our eldest member is getting closer to 60. And you see them both learn from one another in very different ways. And I love seeing
0: that. So, so, more about facilitating those connections and helping people share their stories? Very much so. And I, I think the thing that
1: I feel fortunate enough to do is because I'm not just a facilitator. I'm also a businesswoman as well. So, I'm their peer. I still have two other businesses that I run. I've been in business myself in in varied businesses, you know, owning gyms and I have an e-commerce business now and I have a mystery shopping business as i discussed. I've literally got thousands of mystery shoppers across Australia and New Zealand that go into different establishments. So, I can too – join that conversation, not just facilitate it when required.
0: Mystery shopper. I've always wondered, (laughs) how does someone become a mystery shopper? Just to go off tangent for a
1: second. No, no. It's so funny. Every podcast I do, someone normally says, oh my God, mystery shopping. I've always wondered about that. Could I join? (laughs) Yeah. So basically, we, we look for mystery shoppers all the time and anyone's welcome to apply. So that business is called Human Experience. What we're looking for is someone that can be objective and be good with the details and, again, tell a story of what happened with their experience. We don't look for people that critique or judge or even give their opinion. What we do is offer objective-based measures um, for our clients based on their service or sales standards and our mystery shoppers get trained in those standards and they have to pass a knowledge check before they go in. And then they go in and they simply observe. They give our clients the best possible chance of succeeding. But if not, they'll get some constructive feedback and the story will be told. And the whole idea is then our clients have a great coaching tool that they can hopefully then take back to their team and improve whatever it is that they need to improve.
0: Yes, that's much more about being constructive and supporting the business rather than like, oh, that service was terrible. (laughs) No,
1: never. But unfortunately, mystery shopping does have a bit of a bad rap. And when we're onboarding our clients, we discuss that this is not a punitive tool. This is not a gotcha moment. This is about you wanting to improve whatever it might be and giving you some really valuable data points where you need to direct your training and development.
0: So I guess that's also something similar that you share with the accountability circle, whether that's personal development or or looking for how they might be providing support to their own staff.
1: Yes. I, I very much believe in the value of storytelling. And, you know, when you tell a story, you're not telling someone what to do or what they need to fix. They'll take from it what they need to hear and they'll remember it and They'll go on and take whatever action is that that they think they should take versus being directive and very attached to what you want that person to do, tell a story, and then they'll run with it in the way that they're meant to.
0: Mm. What about those tougher moments? Because I imagine even within your own circle, there would have been businesses that will have been doing it pretty tough during the last 12 months. Yes. How do you help people? get through those moments and share those stories, which like it's easy to share your successes. It's a lot harder yeah. to share what's happening when when things are going really badly. Absolutely. There were two
1: members particularly that did it really tough last year in my original group and actually they said it was the group that got them through because every single other business owner in there had been through previous tough times and we were able to talk about what we did to get through them, um, what tactics we employed, what help we got, but even just reminding each other that that we can do hard things and we can get through them. And those two members in particular said it was that group that got them through, knowing that it was just one foot in front of the other and doing what you had to do to get through. I have had a member previously in the program that I had with Business Chicks that whose business actually failed mid program. But again, that was a really incredible, that was, A, it was a a great learning for everyone else in the room as well, because when you own a business, you're only sometimes one or two bad decisions or extenuating circumstances away from failure. And so everyone learnt from that, but everyone was able to assist her. And actually she's now going stronger and better than ever since then as well so I think knowing that you're with your people that have also experienced challenging times is a really important part of getting through them
0: and it can be amazing what you learn from that adversity like I think often oh. what comes out of a failure is far more important than what comes out of a success
1: I couldn't agree more. I I talk about this really openly. So my brother and I, as I mentioned, were Firmwood franchisees and we had the most successful Firmwood in their history. You know, they had 70-odd clubs around the country, Um, highest revenue, highest profit, highest engagement with personal training. We won franchisee of the year. Like we did really well. But then we had one that basically lost millions and it was during the GFC and it was a business that we ended up walking away from and nearly lost everything. I learnt more from that failure than I did from the most successful club they ever had, and I still carry those learnings from going through that all the time. And, and the beautiful thing is, I'm able to share those learnings now in accountability circle
0: as well. Um, the other thing you mentioned, you're going to cap the number of um, the number to 96. So I yes. imagine there's a whole wide world of people that would really want to be involved, but because you're capping the numbers. So what's a little smidgen of advice you could give them to maybe set up some kind of support for themselves within their own circle or... or yeah,
1: great question. Probably a, a piece of reading material that I always talk about is um, James Clear's Atomic Habits. If anyone can, can get a chance to read that or, or listen to the audiobook, a lot of his work is used in the foundation of accountability circle. And the whole idea is that we each deeply care about what other people think about us. So when you surround yourself with people that are, you know, wanting to grow their business and wanting to connect and wanting to play a big game, find those people And then build some kind of regular rhythmic meeting where you're talking really openly to one another, surrounding yourself with people that are in it and doing it. It doesn't matter what kind of business they have um, and sharing really openly and, and getting curious and asking questions and sharing experiences. That is key. And I think I was always kind of seeking that out ad hoc, but I just, I never felt like I found my people until I found this group of women with that leadership gathering that I went to. I only caught up with one of them the other night for dinner because now we're allowed to go out to dinner. And you know, when we were both sharing really openly, she's just basically sold all of her shares in her businesses and is now looking at what's next for her. And we were talking really openly about the challenges of that, but also the exciting opportunities. And I shared some experiences and I'm not, not part of an accountability circle as such, but I still have my people and and do that informally. So the key to that would be finding people that want to grow and are willing to be open and setting up some kind of rhythmic time to catch up and sharing
0: what's going on for you and asking about what's going on for them. So uh, how would people find their people, their tribe? You know, is it about networking or like, would you just reach out to someone randomly that you admire? What would be the best way to approach it?
1: Again, you're asking great questions. You're obviously very good at this. This is a tip from James Clear, actually. I use this example. So, for example, I decided that I wanted to run a marathon a few years back. I would had some operations on my foot and I could finally run again. And I thought, oh, I know a fair bit about fitness. I'm actually qualified in it from owning the gyms and I'll just follow a running plan. Mm, failed. Got a stress fracture in my femur because I went too hard and wasn't able to do wasn't able to do the event. So then I'm like, okay, who's already doing this? Like I'm in my mid-40s. Who's already doing this and, and doing this pretty well? And I found a running community called Can2. And so I joined a running group and I'm still part of this running group now and these are people of all different ages that do events you know one or two times a year and running is part of their lives and so I joined this running group and I became a runner and I asked questions and we shared stories and I told them what my challenges were and we would go for runs together and so I think it's about sitting back and looking at who do I want to surround myself with and and how do I insert myself I didn't go and try and reach out to an uh, Olympic marathon runner and say hey, give me all your (laughs) kids. I I looked for people that were like me, you know, recreational runners and probably busy running careers or businesses and families. And and I joined that group and I'm now a runner. So, that's what I would say. If accountability circle isn't for you, look look for those. And there's some great, what's really beautiful now is there's some beautiful all women, doesn't have to be all women, but, you know, networking groups, business chicks are amazing. I found my people there. But yeah, look look around and it might not be the first place you look, but
0: they're there. And why do you also think this is particularly important for women and female entrepreneurs? Look, we all know the statistics that in terms of female
1: um, founded businesses don't attract as much funding and often don't have the same kind of deep Connections historically, as men do, that is very much relied on to do business. So, I think we've got more hurdles to overcome than potentially a male in business. But I also think generally we're the primary caregivers, both for our children and then again if our parents are aging. And statistically, we carry the domestic load at home still. Often, women will start businesses. So, if I look at my membership base, I would say at least 50% started their business because they had children and therefore couldn't continue with whatever work it was that they were doing before, Mm. whereas that is not as common for men. So the reason that we actually even start businesses are a little bit Different, so I just think we've got some more unique circumstances than potentially men do, and it's it's really nice to be able to connect with people that understand. I've got to make school drop off and pick up. Yeah, I've got to make this work around school holidays. Now my mum is unwell, and I need to care for her x amount of days a week, or whatever it, whatever it might be. So I think think that's a real opportunity to surround yourself with women because those unique problems and challenges can be discussed
0: and um, you feel like you're understood. Mm. Share the stories. It's all about sharing the stories as well, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nick. Now, where can people find out about Accountability Circle?
1: Yeah, um, we've got a website. It's simply accountabilitycircle.com.au and all the information is there in terms of when the next groups are starting, all the dates are locked in. I'm a super organized person. So, you know, once you join, you have them in your diary and they're they're kind of set and forget. And to apply, all someone needs to do is fill out an expression of interest form. And then I tee up a time to have a chat to learn a little bit more about them and see if they're right for the program and then we get you started.
0: Yeah, because I guess if people are going to be investing that amount of time and you're investing that amount of time, you really want to make sure it's a good fit for you both.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And and what I'm looking for is women who genuinely want to learn and grow and are happy to be in a diverse group of, of different women from different backgrounds and, and can commit to, it's really important that you rock up to those meetings and you are there and you're willing to be really vulnerable and share your figures and your challenges and that's the right kind of person for
0: for these groups. Yeah, be really present and and open to what's good. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Cool. Thank you so much, Nick. It's been awesome chatting with you today and good luck with the um, – Getting your ninety-six people. Ninety-six. <laughs> yeah. Well, we,
1: we've nearly hit fifty, so um, we're nearly there, which is which is great. And I, I trust that the right people will be attracted to the program for the
0: right reasons. And what's going to happen when you get to ninety-six and all of the numbers still keep coming in?
1: Yeah. Um, I don't I have a great newsletter um but yeah I think what it might be then is as you've just mentioned if we have people on a waiting list you know sharing those tips of how they could set up something similar informally or maybe some kits or something like that so that people aren't necessarily missing out but there's a way that they can set up these structures outside of these official
0: accountability circles and that's that's in the the back of my mind (laughs) (laughs) and last thing I guess everyone's. Not everyone, but I think a lot of people have been feeling particularly isolated because of COVID and lockdown and lacking that human connection. Any last bit of advice for someone that's feeling that way and needs to reach out?
1: Yeah, the first thing I would say is be kind to yourself. You know, we, I've had a lot of members that have been really struggling throughout this most recent lockdown in both Sydney, Canberra and Melbourne. Yeah, first is to be kind to yourself and and to ask Ask for help and accept it. I think I see a lot of women that are very open, but then when help is offered, they're not necessarily open to receiving it. So yeah, be kind, ask for help. And, and the big one is to accept it when it's there
0: but a lot of women are so often great at caregiving and not that great at (laughs) accepting some care for themselves. It's
1: so true. It's so true. But, you know, when someone is offering you care, you're actually doing them a service by accepting it as well. You're filling their cup too.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Nick. It's been great chatting with you today. Thanks, S. Thanks for having me.